Russian forces stepping up their attacks on heavily populated urban areas today in Ukraine, hitting Ukraine's second largest city, along with Kyiv's main TV tower. This all on day six of what is being described as the largest ground war in Europe since World War II. Now, Boris Jevsnevsky is a former member of Parliament for Etobicoke Center, a successful business person with a lifetime of contributions to the Ukraine community, and joins us now for the very latest. Boris, I appreciate your time. Good afternoon. Well, uh, hello. It's not a good day, as the president said this morning. It's none of these days, unfortunately, we can say good morning or good afternoon or good evening. None of them are good. Well, without a doubt. Uh, But let me ask you about the U.N. General Assembly off the top uh, meeting uh, today. I understand that you were there at the General Assembly just before the uh, attack by uh, Russia. Canada, along with some 140 member countries, walking out as the Russian delegation uh, spoke. Very strong statement. What is your reaction? Uh, Very important symbolically. those are the types of visuals that uh, convey the outrage of the world community and the fact that the vast majority of the world's ambassadors representing their countries officially walked out sends a clear message. And there are mechanisms in place through the General Assembly if a two-thirds majority votes in favor of that very significant consequences uh, could result, uh, including the removal of Russia from the Security Council. Now, Canada is also asking the international court to step up its probe of potential war crimes by Russian forces. Talk to us a bit, if you could, Boris, about that, just how important and key that could be. So war criminal Putin, let there be no doubt that these aren't potential war crimes. We're seeing it in live time. Bombing, targeted bombing of schools, hospitals, of blood collection locations. We have to remember the Putin template from Syria, where they bombed uh, bazaars, markets, hospitals, We're seeing a similar pattern here. Uh, Not only that, on Saturday we had the first reports of rockets hitting grain storage facilities in the south of Ukraine. Uh, There's a realization this war is not going according to plan for Putin. And uh, he intends to starve the Ukrainian people into submission if he can't bomb them into submission. We have evidence of cluster munitions used in Kharkiv, uh, and clearly there's wholesale bombing that's taken place of civilian areas. Mr. Putin, all of those who are supporting this invasion of a democratic state of 44 million people in the heart of Europe need to end up before The Hague. You mentioned that this is not going to plan for a Putin. There have been uh, reports uh, of that over the last uh, day or so. Uh, Where do you believe, Boris, we are right now in this battle? Is this a critical, a crucial period right now as Russian forces close in on uh, Kyiv? Every day is of critical importance. Uh, And uh, the world 
is in awe of Ukraine. Mr. Putin thought that uh, he would do his version of shock and awe. The only shock that has taken place in these first, this first week was in the Kremlin. They're in shock at the determination of the Ukrainian people. They are fighting to the last person. Uh, for weeks, I've been talking with family and friends. Uh, some with young children sent their children out, but they returned mostly with just hunting rifles, pistols to fight for their freedom, for their democracy. So that's the shock in the Kremlin. Unfortunately, Putin is in a maniacal state of mind, so he's uh, increasing his bombardments. Uh, He's adding to the list of war crimes, and the world is in awe. The world is in awe of the determination of the Ukrainian people. They, They epitomize the human spirit to be free, to be independent. Eight years ago, it was on the Maidan, the first time during the history of the European Union that people were shot for for carrying the European Union flag. Today, Ukraine and every Ukrainian is a shield for the democratic West, not just for the European Union, but the post-World War II order that we built, including the UN Charter. Mr. Putin has broken the fundamental principles of the UN Charter. The whole, as imperfect as the world order has been that we've constructed, it has been a relatively peaceful time. These events will determine, these are the most important historical events of the 21st century, and they will determine the future of our planet. Both the Ukraine and Russia said to have met uh, yesterday, uh, officials from both countries, for some uh, six hours. But uh, considering what we've seen, particularly today, today's events, just how confident are you, Boris, that a negotiated end to this can be found? Uh, Mr. Putin still, uh, he's, he's made huge uh, mistakes in his assessments, his intelligence assessments of uh, Ukraine and Ukraine's people and their determination. And uh, Ukraine has made clear their positions. We will be a democratic government. We will never agree to capitulation for a puppet government to be installed. And Ukrainians, the only the only position that can be agreed to is a ceasefire and the removal of Russian forces from Ukraine's territory. Now, they claim they want to see a neutral Ukraine. In 2014, Ukraine was a neutral country. When Russia first in militarily invaded Ukraine and annexed Crimea and invaded the Donbass region, Ukraine was a neutral country. There can be no neutral status for Ukraine. We have seen what it resulted in in the past. And this whole concept that Ukrainians have to lay, their, lay down their arms, it will never happen. 
Boris, you mentioned a moment ago that you have been uh, talking uh, with people in Ukraine. Uh, you've been in contact, I guess, with friends, uh, relatives and such. Uh, what are you hearing specifically from them right now? Can you give us an idea, a better idea and understanding about what the situation is like there on the ground? It's it's uh, I talk with various people, uh, some in government, uh, some at local levels of government, uh, and including this morning, once again, with my uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law, um, they are today recording a, um, a final uh, statement, just in case, uh, for my children. So as you can tell, it's quite personal. Uh, a home five houses away from where they live uh, in Kiev uh, was hit by a rocket. Uh, they're in their basements. Over the weekend, I was talking with uh, various groups uh, from civil defense, um, for instance, in Kherson, the region where some of these grain storage facilities were hit. Uh, uh, the men I was talking with there, some had run out of bullets. Um, they were obviously preparing as many Molotov cocktails as they can. They're sharing bullets, so they're getting together to make sure that everyone has some bullets. Uh, I was talking uh, with the uh, governor's office in Ternopil in western Ukraine. Um, one of the officials was out in the field uh, meeting with a unit that was heading to the front. Uh, it was heartbreaking because he, on his camera, uh, he uh, uh, wanted me to see the boys heading out. These were boys. They were 18 to 21 years old um, heading out with hunting rifles to the front. Um, that is the indomitable spirit of Ukraine. Those are real freedom fighters, and uh, we must do everything, everything we can to help them. And having said that, it's time that we just move to the part that there's a total economic blockade of the Russian Federation, a total economic blockade. And all socially responsible companies in the West must cut any business ties that they have with Russia or Russian oligarchs. And in Canada, we need to also sanction the next 1,000 oligarchs and sanction any Canadians that sit on the boards of Russian-controlled corporate entities or their sub subsidiaries, uh, people like the former Canadian ambassador to Moscow, Chris, Christopher Westall, who sits on the board of Silver Bear Resources. Um, his background is not in mining or resources extraction. Uh, there's no reason he's a symbolic CEO of that company. Uh, we understand his role. Canadians of his ilk should be ashamed of themselves. Let them watch and look at those videos of children in bomb shelters crying, saying that they want to live. They just want to live. It's time that we implement full economic sanctions of Russia, a full economic blockade. I just want to uh, ask you, uh, Boris, just finally in our remaining moments uh, here, Canada has announced an additional $100 million in humanitarian assistance. I understand you've been in discussions with ministers when it comes to, to a humanitarian aid. What more can you tell us about what needs to be done on that front? Well, we know that as of today, there's already over half a million refugees 
uh, pouring that have poured out of Ukraine. There will be many more. Uh, the we see the arms being moved into Ukraine. Seventy five percent of the world's second largest uh, military are moving uh, everything they have uh, to encircle Kiev, to encircle all of Ukraine's major cities. Uh, we we understand that there will be a huge humanitarian catastrophe. Uh, it's almost upon us. Uh, so we are tremendously appreciative of what the government is doing. I have to tell you of what Canadians are doing. The Canada-Ukraine Foundation has been swamped with small donations that have added up to millions. And they are on the border with Poland, uh, helping uh, with the basic human needs of, of these refugees. Uh, most are women and children because all able bodied men between the ages of 18 and 60 are remaining to fight. Uh, so these refugees are mostly uh, women and children. Uh, there's half a million currently. We can expect uh, several million more uh, unless Putin has stopped. All right, Boris, I got to leave it there for now, but I really appreciate the time and giving us all the deeper understanding of the situation in Ukraine. Thanks again. Thank you. Boris Jeffnevsky is a former member of Parliament for Etobicoke Center and a successful business person with a lifetime of contributions to the Ukraine community. And we're back after this break. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 